Acts chapter number 3. And uh, this is a message that I hope is a blessing and a challenge to you, but it's also one that has been a challenge to me. It's been something that God has been burning in my heart and something that He has shown me that I need to work on and something that we should all work on because we have a great responsibility when it comes to being doing the work of an evangelist and being that example and being that witness to this lost and dying world. If you are saved, you have the light of the gospel in you. You have a testimony, a testimony that is unique to you. There's going to be people that comes across for the Jamie's path that I'm never going to have the opportunity to reach. But there's also going to be people that comes into my life and crosses my path that Brother Jamie will never have the opportunity to reach. And the same is true for each and every one of us that are in here. God has given us a testimony and a responsibility to be a witness. And because we hold that responsibility, God's going to put people in our pathway that we have the responsibility to reach. And I I don't want to stand before the Lord one day and have blood dripping on my hands because I did not faithfully do what He asked me to do. I don't want somebody to be cast into the lake of fire and turn around and say, Why didn't you tell me? Because it was my responsibility to tell them. That That's a heavy, heavy load, a heavy burden that we all bear. But the joy of seeing somebody accept Christ as their Savior makes it all worth it. The same joy that we have in our hearts because of our salvation is the same joy that God wishes for each and every individual to have because that salvation has already been provided for them. All they have to do is accept it. So we have the responsibility to tell others about the Lord. Here in Acts chapter number 3, verses number 1 through 10, we see Peter and John. Peter and John were two faithful disciples of the Lord, and they knew the responsibility and the weight of that burden to be able to be that witness. And so let's look at their example here in Acts chapter number 3. Now Peter and John went up together unto the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked them alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood, walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the privilege of prayer that we can enter into your throne room. Lord, as I come to you now, I come to you asking that you would please put a gate over my mouth. Help me say that which needs to be said to be a blessing unto your people and to challenge our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would just please use me as your vessel, Lord, and that you would just please touch me in a way which only you can. And I pray that you would just please receive the glory in this message. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in this passage of Scripture, we see three characters, Peter, John, and this lame man. And Peter and John, they're very familiar characters to us. We read about them all throughout the New Testament. Up to this point, we'll continue reading about them throughout the remainder of the New Testament. We see John's revelation at the end of the New Testament. First and second, third John. First and second, Peter. These men were very influential in the early church, very close companions with Christ. And we see them here in chapter number three doing faithfully what God has asked them to do. What are they doing? They're just simply being a witness, looking for opportunities to serve God. But we're also introduced to a third character. 
we see here in verse number 2, a man that we're not so familiar with. This is the only time we see him in the Word of God. And after this account, we never hear from him again. But the things that transpired in this passage of Scripture forever changed this lame man's life. And to kind of set the stage of where we're at, I want to look at Peter and John to begin with. And number one, let's look at the time in which they are living. In Acts chapter number 2, verses number 1 through 4, we see the Holy Ghost sent. In John chapter number 14, we have the prophecy of the Holy Ghost. In John chapter 14, Jesus tells them that he's going to send them a comforter. Whenever Jesus ascends back into heaven, they're they're going to be comfortless unless God sends that comforter. And in Acts chapter number 2, we see that coming to pass. As the Holy Ghost descends as that clothing tongue of fire and rests upon the believers and rests upon them there on that day of Pentecost. So we see, number one, the Holy Ghost sent. Secondly, we see the Galileans begin to speak. In Acts chapter number 2, verses number 5 through 13, there are 16 nations present on the day of Pentecost, and every one of them is able to hear in their own tongue as these men begin to preach. Now, some of them was in awe and amazement at the fact that these men were speaking in their native tongue, but they were able to understand. Other skeptics thought that they were drunk and that perhaps, you know, that that's why they could understand them. But I've been to Mexico and I have witnessed to drunk people, and they have spoke Spanish. And it did not help me understand their Spanish, not one little bit. It actually made it a lot worse. And so I, I do not believe, and we know according to the Word of God, that these men were not drunk, but that rather God was performing a miracle through them so that, number three, the gospel could be spread. In verses number six or 14 through verse number 36, we see that Peter stands and he preaches a 22-verse-long message about the power of the gospel, about what the gospel has done for him, what it can do for these men, and then we see the guilt of the sinner. Why is that? Because in order for somebody to be saved, they first must come to the realization that they need that salvation. And in verse number 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The power of that message, the power of the gospel was so real on that day of Pentecost that these men's heart were convicted and they realized what Peter is talking about is exactly what they stand in need of. This is how Peter and John were being used during this time, the time that they were living in. And as a result of the guilt of the sinner, we see growth among the saints. 3,000 people were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. That is a wonderful testimony that Peter and John now have of being able to say that they were there on that day of Pentecost and they were being able to be used of the Lord for the gospel to be spread. That's what Jesus had commanded them in Acts chapter 1 verse number 3. But ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in Samaria and in all Judea and to the othermost parts of the earth. They were fulfilling the command that Jesus had given them. So this is the time which they are living. Secondly, we see the truths by which they live by. These truths that they live by, number one, is a love for the Savior. We see Peter's love uh, proclaimed in John chapter number 21, verses number 15 through 17. In John chapter number 19, or 18 rather, Peter denied the Lord three times. Three times he said, no, I do not know this man. I have no affiliation with this man. But three times in John chapter number 21, he makes sure that he is repentant and that he tells the Lord, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. He proclaims his love, not just in his words, but also in his actions. What happens just a few chapters later? He's preaching on the day of Pentecost. 
he had a deep love for the Savior. We see John's love prevalent in John chapter number 13, verse number 23, as he is laying on Jesus' breast. And all the disciples were in turmoil. Lord, is it me? Am I going to be the one to deny you? Am I going to be the one to portray you? And John looks up and says, Lord, I know it's one of these unspiritual 11. Who is it? It's not me. I know it's not me. But who is it that is going to betray you? John had such a love for the Savior that he knew that he was he would never be the one to deny the Lord. He would never be the one to betray the Lord. And as he was laying there on Jesus' breast, literally hearing the heartbeat of God, he we can see his love for the Savior. So much was his love for the Savior that in John chapter number 19, verse number 25 through 27, he's given the responsibility of taking care of Jesus' mother. That is a huge responsibility laid upon John's shoulder that Jesus, the, the Son of God, gave him the responsibility of taking care of Mary once Jesus ascended up in heaven and at that time right before he was to die. So we see their love for the Savior. Secondly, we see their loyalty to the Savior. Peter and John, all throughout the book of Acts, all throughout the remainder of the New Testament, showed their loyalty for the Savior in so many different ways. As John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, he didn't give up on his faith in God, but he was able to receive that revelation. We now read about it today. History bears witness to the fact that Peter was so loyal to the Lord that ultimately he gave his life for him. These men not only was in love with the Savior, but they were also loyal to the Savior in everything that they did. This is the truths by which they lived by. So that's where we see Peter and John in this passage of Scripture. But now let's get to the third character. Now we see the trouble of this lame man. The trouble that he finds himself in. Number one, we see the cripple's problem in verse number two. And in, in verse number two, it tells us, A certain man lame from his mother's womb. And then in Acts chapter number four, verse number 22, it says, For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. So this man was above 40 years old. So for 40 plus years now, he has not known what it is like to run with the other kids in his neighborhood. He has not known what it's like to be able to go out and to work a job. He, he had to sit by that beautiful gate and beg for people to, to assist him because he was unable in his own strength to be able to provide. No doubt he had some family. No doubt he had some friends because, you know, somebody had to bring him to that gate on the daily basis. But they were unable to provide for him. So for 40 plus years, this man had no idea what it was like to walk, what it was like to run, what it was like to be independent. This was the problem that the man found himself in. But not only do we see his problem, but in Acts chapter number 3, verse number 3, we see his petition. It says here, "...whom seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms." This man had already given up on the idea of being able to assist himself, of being able to do things on his own strength. And because of that, we now find him sitting here begging in search of material gain. Just a little bit of food, just a little bit of money, just something to help him get by just for the day, and he'll be back the next day. The Bible says he did this daily. And in verse number 10, we see that people recognize him as the man sitting beside that gate. He was well known among the temple as the lame man. He was well known as the man that sat there day after day after day after day with this problem. But then we see thirdly the cripple's proposition in verse number 4 and verse number 5. We see that Peter's we see Peter's observation whenever he fastens his eyes upon this lame man. 
this layman grabs Peter's attention. Peter now sees that this man is sitting here asking in alms. He knows that this man is unable to assist himself within his own power. And so Peter fastens his eyes. But now we see the layman's obedience. Because whenever Peter said, look on us, the layman could have said, well, I'm just wanting you to drop something in my little bucket here. I'm not really looking for a conversation. You know, there's other people passing by. Perhaps there were some scribes walking up the steps behind Peter, or some wealthy-looking men. And he could have just said, oh, just go into the temple. You know, I don't have time to engage in this conversation. But because of this lame man's obedience and in fastening his eyes on Peter and on John, we see that his life gets changed forever. Because now we see Christ's power on display. In verse number 6, this is what Peter says to this lame man. Silver and gold have I none. Now, imagine if Peter just left it at that. Walked up said, I don't have any silver, I don't have any gold. I'm sorry, I wish I could help you. He just walked into the temple. No doubt whenever the lame man heard him say, silver and gold have I none, his heart sunk. He's like, okay, well, he's not going to be able to help me. But what Peter says next is the difference between being obedient to what God has asked you to do or just simply passing by an opportunity. Because it says here, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter was obedient to do what God had asked him to do. He didn't have that material gain that this lame man was looking for, but he did know the, the Savior, the God of the universe, that could perform the miracle for this lame man. And whenever he gave of such as he had, this lame man who was in search of material gain got up and walked away with a miracle that day. Whenever we apply the scripture to our lives, what are we to do? We might not have that material gain that this, that this world is in such a heavy search for, but we do have Jesus Christ. We do have the wonderful news of salvation. And of such as we have, we have the responsibility to give to others. Of such as we have, whether we think it's something significant or not, it's very significant. Whether we think that our testimony can really make a difference, it will certainly make a difference, even if it's just to plant that seed of the gospel. We may never know where that gospel tract may go that we leave at the gas pump. We never know what will happen with that gospel tract that we simply leave by the sink in the rest, in the rest area. What if somebody picked up that gospel tract and they got saved as a result of your obedience and they went on to lead hundreds of people to the Lord? What if that one track made a difference in multiple people's life and you won't even know about it till you get to heaven? But you were obedient to give of such as you have. There's a man in Mexico named uh, Alejandro, and he has this gospel track that he showed me. And on the back of it is a bunch of different names. All through the center of it is a bunch of different names. So many names in this gospel track that you can't even read what the gospel track says. And I asked them, I said, what, what's the story behind this track? He said, I was walking home from work one day, and I saw something flying in the wind. And he said, and I grabbed it, and it was this gospel track. He said, I read it, and I got saved. He said, I then began memorizing this gospel track, and every single name in this gospel track is somebody I have led to the Lord using this gospel track. You, he couldn't even read what the gospel track said, but he had everything memorized that was in that track so that whenever he walked up, he'd pull that track out of his pocket and say, you know what this is? Let me tell you how this track changed my life forever. Let me tell you about the Savior that is that this track is telling about. And he has led over 70 people to the Lord with that one gospel track. Why? Because he's obedient to give of such as he has. Of such as what God has given him in his salvation, 
He's willing to give that out to others. In Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We all have our light. And we I made mention of it earlier. It's all specific to each and every one of us. For the Curtis, you're going to have an opportunity to reach somebody I'm not going to have the opportunity to reach. But God will give you the resources to give you the strength and the ability to be able to lead that person to the Lord as long as we're obedient to Him. We have a responsibility to give of such as we have. What's the result of this lame man being killed? As we continue reading on down into chapter number 4, verse number 5, and it came to... Oh, I'm sorry, verse number 4. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. After Peter sees this crowd begin to form, and they're wondering what happened to this lame man. Now, I'm just going to be honest. If I was in the temple that day, and I saw the lame man running around leaping, I'd probably be thinking to myself, well, I gave him a dollar bill the other day. You mean to tell me he's not even lame? You know, I might, I might have been a little upset, but that's just me. You know, I'm sorry, I struggle, I'm a little carnal. You'll have to forgive me. But people began to wonder of how this was able to come to pass. How was this lame man able to leap and run around praising God for what had happened to him? And as that crowd began to form, Peter and John saw the opportunity to preach the gospel. And as a result, 5,000 people were saved because this lame man was healed. One person's life was changed that day. And as a result, 5,000 people's life were changed that day. You might be the one to reach that one individual, but that one individual might be the one to reach that 5,000. It's very important that whenever an opportunity comes to shine our light and to give of such as we have, that we take it. Because it will not only have an impact on one person's eternity, it could very well have an impact on multiple people's eternity. And kind of going further as to say, it will also have an impact on your eternity as well. Now, I'm not preaching that that... That works is a part of our salvation, but our salvation should provoke works in us. Now, if we have salvation and we never do any works, we're still saved. And I thank the Lord for that. We cannot lose our salvation. And if we could lose our salvation, I would have already lost mine a long time ago. So I'm thankful that it is an eternal salvation. But that salvation that we have should provoke within us a desire to share with others the wonderful news of salvation. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter number 6, that one day our works are going to be lumped together. It's going to be set on fire. The things that were not for the Lord, they're just going to burn up. But those things that we have done with the right spirit, those things we have done for God, it's something we're going to be able to put back at His feet. I don't want to have to dig through so many ashes in my life that I'm struggling to find something to give back to the Savior. I want those things to be burned up and the end result be something I can give to God that He is pleased with. Something that He can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. We all have something that we have the responsibility to share and the responsibility to give of such as we have. Thank you, Amen. Amen.